This is Teresa Clark with Africa.com, and we are here today with Jordan Rittenberry, the Chief Executive Officer of Edelman for Africa. Jordan, thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with us today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's just start with the basics. Um, Edelman describes itself as a global communications firm. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so Edelman is the world's largest PR and communications firm. So we have 6,000 employees in 65 offices across 35 countries. And what we do while we say communications or public relations, at its very core, we help our clients evolve, promote, and protect their brands and reputations. And that is, you know, quite simply our ethos as a firm and what we believe the overall role that we do on behalf of our clients. And yes, we have a lot of people that are traditional public relations and communications people throughout the firm. We really are striving to be a full service agency as organizations cut marketing budgets and cut their spend. We're trying to take up some of that slack and we've hired more than 800 creatives across our business over the last three years alone. So we are, we're building our business and we're adding expertise so that we can be um, really more than just a PR firm to our clients. Well, that's good that you say that because I'm, I'm just thinking about our audience and I think everyone understands what PR is and you talk about the communication side because this is a general business audience. Give us an example of what a communications assignment would look like if it's not PR. Yeah, absolutely. And we see them really as being multidisciplinary, right? So we help clients with everything from, hey, you have news you want to put out. Let us get that into the, into the, into the market so that your stakeholders can read it. But it's also looking at the different channels that we leverage. And we're not just a media relations firm. We're not just a traditional PR firm. Our typical programs are basically have the four legs of a stool. So our programs must be informed by research and insights. So we have a wholly owned uh, data, data firm within us, or a wholly owned uh, research and analytics firm within Edelman, Edelman Intelligence. So that's the first leg. Second, our programs must be earned at their core. So that comes back to our overall uh, business uh, heritage as a PR firm. Give, us, give, give, us, give us an example. You don't have to client yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does it mean to you know, earn? Just yeah. tell so us it's, it's anything other than company. It's anything other than paid. So it's uh, placing an article or doing an op-ed or getting a client a speaking opportunity or you know something like that. Just It's not paying for the coverage because we know that when a piece of, of coverage or when an article ha is more advertising centric, it's far less credible in the minds of readers. So that's how we think about it. Um, but then our programs are also amplified by digital channels. So digital is a lot of what we do. Um, and then finally led with beautiful creative. Good, very good. Um, so Edelman is a global firm. Headquarters are where? Uh, Co-headquartered in New York and Chicago. Great. And uh, what portion of the business is in Africa? So right now it's still quite small, but growing. Um, so right now a big chunk of our business is based in the U.S. I think about 55% of Edelman's overall business is based in the U.S., 45% globally. We're still fairly small in Africa, but we're growing. And we're growing dramatically. And, and right now the work that we're doing in Africa is some of the most exciting work within Edelman um, because the work we're doing here, I'll tell you right now, is on par with the work in New York, London, Singapore, wherever it might be. Um, I've been here for a little over four years, and we've gone from 15 people here in Johannesburg to 85 people here today um, with another 10 in Kenya. So yeah, we're growing. Big, yeah, we're still, we're still small, but we're ambitious, and we have big goals ahead of us. That's a big growth. 
Um, how did you decide on Kenya as the next location within the continent? So we always knew that we needed to scale and be a pan-African firm. Uh, we couldn't cover all of Africa just from an office in Johannesburg. While critical, uh, we needed more. Uh, as we look, East and West Africa are natural fits. Um, so our first step was we're seeing a lot of our clients going into Kenya more so than any other market or East Africa. So East Africa is a bit of an easier market to enter into. Um, so that was going to be our first foray. Let's do the quote unquote easy one first and tick that box. And then let's divert our attention over to West Africa and see what we can do there. Do you have a partner in Kenya? Yes, absolutely. So we recently acquired Gina Den Corporate Communications. We've been working with Gina and her team for the last three years. So we, I went to Kenya several years ago, interviewed about a dozen agencies. We trialed a couple of agencies over the course of a year, landed on Gina and began working with her really quite closely. And they're the firm we landed on. So, and we acquired them, it was official. We launched uh, in mid-February. So I'm very happy about that. Congratulations, that's a big deal. Now, what about West Africa? You mentioned West Africa. I take it that'll come after East Africa? Yes, so with uh, Kenya behind us, or, or still very, uh, not behind us, but very important to our growth strategy, we're now looking at, okay, we, we're halfway across the river. We have South and East Africa covered. Now we need to look at West Africa. So we're looking at partners there and expect to have an office with any luck by the end of the 2020 calendar year. Uh, within Edelman. So we hope to have that acquisition done like uh, within this calendar year, if not early next calendar year. So now that you have been in South Africa for several years and been working with an agency in East Africa for some time now, acquired them, what is your sense of the difference in the business between these two regions? How is it different to operate in South Africa versus East Africa? It, it's funny and I, I learned a lot coming from Chicago to Johannesburg, right? At the end of the day, the job is the same. Um, as communicators and as someone in public relations, our job is to sort of help an organization communicate to its shareholders or stakeholders, right? And really the main, and that applies to any market in the world. Your role is basically the same. However, the differences are in the nuances and it's the small subtleties where you really have to pay a lot of attention to in order to get it right. So the channels will be different. The local nuances will be different. The way in which you carry the message forward will be different. Um, looking at a different mix of, of channels and platforms. So it's, it's more subtleties than anything. Could you share any of those subtleties with us? Yeah, like for example, in the US, uh, I hadn't pitched radio since 2003. Um, in the African market, radio is a big part of uh, our communications programs. And those are, those are channels we pitch a lot on behalf of our clients. They're big ones. We can't overlook them. Um, so that's a, a huge one. Also, some of the social channels, the, uh, the um, followers that you have on each of the different platforms here varies dramatically from in the U.S. So it's reprioritization of a lot of the tools that you use and just looking at it a little bit differently. What are the differences in, in the last point that you make in the social and how it's different? Yeah, it's funny, like a lot of um, Facebook is still important in many ways. Uh, Twitter was somewhat leapfrogged here. Uh, we see a lot more Instagram uh, being used on behalf of our clients and social media is obviously continuing to evolve, but there's just a reordering of priorities more than anything. So it's taking the time to stop and understand that 
what we did in the US or in other markets around the world is applicable in some ways, we have to really look at the local nuances and what, how individuals in each market use the tools differently and how we look at that. Um, stakeholder relations here is, is in Africa anyway, uh, much, much more of an emphasis than I ever saw in the US. It's making sure we've gone out and spoken to a lot of the government officials, a lot of things like unions, a lot of NGOs before an organization will actually take action. Um, so it's a little, it's a little bit of a learning curve to get used to how business is done, um, and, and that's you know something I'm still learning today. Have you dealt with any reputational sort of issues with clients in, in South Africa that have been a part of your market? Yeah, we do quite a bit. Um, I would say like crisis communications or issues management is probably ten to fifteen percent of our business. Um, and it is because of a lot of Edelman's legacy and heritage. Also, we have a massive global network. So when our clients have an issue in Africa, uh, our, our phone tends to ring. A lot of the issues that we deal with, you know, are of course confidential given the nature, um, but it's a lot of the same things that you see everywhere. It's things like section 189s or reduction of labor or staff. Um, that's fairly common. We see, you know, organizations just having uh, employee misconduct and things like that, workplace safety issues, uh, data, data security issues are becoming more and more common here. It was something we were working quite a bit on in the US and just over the last sort of year or two here in South Africa, we saw that really picking up and really becoming something that clients were concerned about making sure they had a plan on. Um, and do you get a sense that the U.S. market for crisis communications is sort of a leader globally in that do bring something very special from the U.S. market to crisis communications in Africa? I think what, what we were able to do, and I did quite a work on crisis comms in the U.S., we were able to take some really good plans and templates and best practices for how organizations can mitigate risk. Um, and we've integrated a lot of those into our clients here in, in Africa. Um, and a lot of it is starting with, you know, a discovery and analysis session and overall risk assessment. So we're helping clients not call us for uh, when they have an issue, but they're thinking more of if they have an issue because sooner or later things will come about. So we've spent a lot of time with clients doing risk assessments, understanding what are the areas they need to be most cognizant of, then building a really detailed crisis communications plan. Um, so that way, regardless of what the issue is or what happens, they know exactly how to respond and how it looks. And then the third part of that, that we're really just beginning to scratch the surface on here is doing the simulation and training and putting clients through the paces. A lot of organizations feel comfortable or safe having a plan that sits up on a shelf somewhere, um, but you need to put it into action and you need to see how it actually works. No battle plan survives the first point of contact. And this is meant to at least get a few more points of contact down the road. I can imagine that there would be an important market for that here and that you would play a big role. Exactly, exactly. But it is funny, like, again, the issues seem to be the same. Um, of course, in Africa, we have a bit more of corruption and, and that sort of, you know, issues that we're helping clients really take a look at. And how is this executive misconduct? How does it affect the overall organization's reputation? But by and large, the issues companies face like seem to be largely universal. I'm sure you play a role though in helping them to 
strategize around these issues in a, in a really first-class way, because I think that that's something that's been missing from my small observation of the market. Yeah, exactly. And it comes down to, like, first and foremost, like, regardless of what you've, of the issue you're mitigating against, we need to know the truth, and we need to know what actually happened, and we need to be in the boardroom and have those tough conversations with the C-suite um, to understand what actually happened. And I think that is where you have to start any crisis communications plan is from the one version of the truth. Good, very good. Okay, so um, let's talk about um, what are the benefits and shortcomings for African clients to working with a global communications firm? Look, of course, I think there are only benefits. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but no, a couple of things like being Edelman is the world's largest PR firm, but when you look at the top 10 agencies globally, we're the only one that's independent. To this day, we are still a private, family-run business. Um, Richard Edelman is the CEO. His brother and sister work in the company. He has two daughters that work in the company. But what that means is we can operate differently. So we report to clients, not shareholders. We take our profits. We invest them back into the business rather than paying dividends. But we can also go out and make big bets. So we were the first agency to have a digital practice. Um, we were the you know, leading agency to invest in all this creative talent so that we could do different types of work on behalf of our clients. So it allows us to act differently um, and really put clients at the center and at the focus of every single thing that we do. By way of shortcomings, I think it's more perception than anything. Like we obviously operate differently than a lot of the global holding companies and those that are owned by Omnicom, Publicis, or IPG. However, it, it can be seen as a detractor given that we are a big global firm or a firm that might be uh, headquartered in the US rather than truly an African agency. But what we have done, and despite being an American CEO, right, is go and try and show up as an African organization and being African is what's really important to us. And the way in which we operate and structure enables us to go and do that um, rather than being beholden to our regional headquarters in London or our global headquarters in New York and Chicago, we're able to, and we're given the autonomy to, go out and show up as an African agency. And that's been what's been absolutely critical to us in getting this right. That's great, that's great. Well, you're certainly doing a great job in building a business. Um, so tell us, what else are you thinking about? I mean, you're moving to East Africa, West Africa, when you think about expanding, the business in Africa, is it also about expanding the sectors that you serve or the services and products that you provide? How else is the company growing? Absolutely, and we're, we look at it in two ways. So expanding our footprint and expanding our capabilities. Um, so right now we're focused on, by way of footprint, um, South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, making sure we have these three critical points of contact built. And we're certainly open to looking at others based on the changing market dynamics and what client needs, because if clients have a requirement or an expectation for us to be in a place like Ethiopia or Cote d'Ivoire, we'll certainly look at that, right? Um, but the second piece to your point is also expanding our capabilities. So we have practices dedicated to corporate communications, consumer communications, tech, and C-suite advisory, but we also have a creative studio in-house that we've been building over the last couple of years. And in the last year alone, it's moved from about four people to about a dozen people. So it's made up of graphic designers and web developers and strategic planners and copywriters. And this is a team where I think within the next 12 months, it can absolutely double in size. 
Um, so we're looking at what are the types of talent that we need within our creative studio in order to enable Edelman to continue growing and to do more of those creative programs and to take content and really put it at the center of what we do. So clearly your presence on the continent is helping with communications, especially around sort of crisis communications that we spoke about and serving corporates and you have built you know, a number of jobs in South Africa and East Africa. Um, in addition to those important contributions to Africa, in what other ways is Edelman giving back to Africa? You say it's important that you're African. So how else are you African and contributing to the continent? Yeah, absolutely. And we spend a lot of time on learning and development, training and education of our staff. Again, we've hired roughly 70 individuals here in South Africa over the last uh, few years. We're over-indexing on hiring in Kenya because we know that will happen. So we're creating jobs and, and that for us is absolutely critical. Um, but aside from that, it is important for organizations to give back uh, to the communities and societies within which they operate. We can't simply be here uh, making a profit and doing business and doing all these great things without giving back. Um, so we do spend a lot of time of, of outreach within the community. We have days of service quarterly that we get back to. Uh, the Winnie Mabasso Foundation is one that Edelman South Africa spends quite a bit of time with um, and the children that they serve. In Kenya, uh, we've been working with the South Tiku Foundation uh, and working with them very closely. It's led by Alma Obama. Uh, so we've been spending quite a bit of time with those guys as well. Um, it's no longer enough for organizations to do well. They have to do good as well. And I think that's also a thing that, believe it or not, like employees want to see, um, but they also require it. Else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's they want to know that the work that they're doing has a greater sense of purpose and isn't simply a big conglomerate trying to just make money and just be a business. They want to know that they're doing something meaningful. And I think that's really important as well. Well, good. Well, we wanted to catch up with you as you get ready to expand operations in Kenya and expanding your footprint on the continent. I think we've talked a bit about your business overall. Do you think there's anything that we've missed that you want to add to this? Look, I think it's an exciting time for Edelman uh, and Edelman in Africa. The work we're doing in Africa right now is on the tip of everyone's tongue in the company. This is the most exciting thing that we're doing within Edelman. And I'm very lucky and I pinch myself every day that I get to be a part of like such a great organization, leading such an amazing team. It, it really is like a blessing. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. This is Teresa Clark with Africa.com. We're in Johannesburg speaking to Jordan Rindenberry, the Chief Executive Officer Africa for Edelman. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.